Kevin Joe Choir for leading us and celebrating this, uh, the, the reality that we're rooted in God, we're stable and, and connected in Him, and the storms of life come and they whip us around, but they do not have victory. We, we find still our peace, ultimately anchored in our, our God. And um, uh, our sermon series uh, for the month of November is looking at the different seasons of life and how uh, the John 15 walks through those different seasons. And today is one where we spend time being rooted, abiding in Christ. One where we in often winter, we can relate winter to. We look outside and things seem desolate and even dead, but actually they're very much alive. There's a whole lot of work going on behind the scenes. Things that we don't see that don't really even show up until the storms come, or until even the sun starts to shine for a longer period of time. And the water starts to rain, and then we see the results. Uh, and that's what we'll look at today. So, my name is Bruce Smith, I'm head pastor here at the church, and welcome all of you to begin the service of those online and those with us here now. I had a good conversation recently and enjoyed talking to David Fries. David Fries is a couple partner here, a member here. He and his family own have owned acres for, I don't know, since the Earth's crust hardened. You know, in the mountains were formed in Western North Carolina. And it's timber farm. And so he always comes back and tells stories how he had to fly off these invasive species and other things. But this last time, it was talking about how he's planting walnuts. And uh, because walnut wood is actually the most expensive wood. And so they can, they have walnut trees, it's, it's by far the highest value for the timber farm. And so he and his, his brother, they, they went at planting some trees in some different ways. They got the seeds, and they planted dug holes, and they, this is a walnut seed here. Um, get, get an idea of what it is, they planted, they planted 40 holes. And he put two seeds in each one. His brother planted 400 holes and put one seed in each hole. And so when they um, grew, David had 39 out of 40 holes filled with uh, a tree. Um, some of them, too, that he had to prune. That was last week. He cut one back, so there's only one per hole. And then the, uh, his brother out of 400 had 12. Well, yes. So, the, uh, what, um, what, what was the difference? It was that David put his seeds through winter. You take the, the seeds, you put them in some soil, and you put them in the refrigerator. You can do it by putting them in the ground and having them experience real winter, but squirrels are an enemy. They don't make it into the refrigerator. But something happens. 
The seed is called stratifying. It, it's the same too for a lot of Ohio wildflowers. Ohio wildflowers, they have to go through winter in order to bloom. The seeds have to stratify. I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know if anybody knows exactly what's going on inside the seed and what's happening. But it has to go through this time where it looks just like a seed. Nothing's happening. Nothing's growing. It's just sitting there and it's getting really cold. But inside, it is bearing life. Life that will one day bear a shoot and then bear a fruit. That's the season of life that we're looking at today. This, this one that I think is probably most closely related to the main theme of John 15, which is abiding. Abiding in Christ. The work of abiding in Christ. It may not look like it's making a whole lot of difference in the moment. That we take time regularly to be with Jesus, to worship Him. Practice Sabbath. Study His Word. We may come out saying, I don't know if anything's really happening. Over the course of time, abiding, we see that there is So what does it mean for us to be rooted in Christ? Let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll take a look at John chapter 15 with our focus today on verses 3 through 7. Almighty God, we do thank you for your written words that speaks to us. Thank you that we have the privilege of being rooted in you, abiding with you in every moment of every day. So help us in this time to hear how you would have us together and individually. Father, be rooted in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus speaking in John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I spoke to you. I in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, these verses capture you know, that, that what 
what's happening behind the scenes, under the, the surface, out of the body. You're just seeing, you, you see, use Jesus' analogy here, the vine, the branches, you just see this branch being in the vine. And you don't see movement, you don't see what's going on, but you just see that they're just connected. What's going on behind the mark? What's, what's going on in the, the heart of the wood? How is life being transferred? How, is, how are we rooted in Jesus? Now, the first thing we need to know is if we don't abide, if we don't abide, Jesus is rather clear, if you're not rooted in Jesus, then you can do nothing. That, that's what verses 4 and 5 say. If you're not rooted in Jesus, you can do nothing. That, that's worse than David's brother. He at least got 12. But, but Jesus, he doesn't give any sort of wiggle room here. He's an all or nothing kind of God. Unless you're rooted in me, then you really aren't rooted in what's eternal. Now you might be able to do a whole lot of things and make a whole lot of headlines and be getting all kinds of fame and fortune in this world. But if you're not rooted in Jesus, he's saying, ultimately, we do nothing. That's a stark reality. And I don't think we believe in. Otherwise, we'd be abiding more than we do anything else if we really believed Jesus when he said this. I mean, think, think about walnut trees here. Look at all the work that David's brother did. Ten times. He had to dig ten times more holes. But he only got a third of the output. So what do you think they're going to do when they plant an acre of walnut seeds this year? Every one of those seeds are going to be abiding. They're going to go through winter in the refrigerator. Because they know this is what produces fruits. So they, because they know that they're going to do it. Well, if we hear this from Jesus, then yeah, we, we ought to be abiding. He makes it clear. We abide in Him. I remember the, 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 the story in John 21 is the story, one of the ways that Jesus gave this example is this life experience for the disciples. Jesus had been resurrected. It's the last chapter of John. And then Peter and the disciples said, all right, Jesus has been hanging around with us, but let's just go fishing. They went fishing. They went fishing out for the night. Let's just go do that. And they and they were out there all night, and they caught nothing. Not even twelve. Nothing. Now, I think there's a whole lot of stuff going on. You can imagine what the conversations were with, with these folks in the hang out with Jesus, and how Jesus was raised from the dead. They're wondering. I'm sure they're wondering what's going on. And then Jesus shows up on the shore, and they recognizes Jesus, and and Peter, you know. He's been uh, had all his clothes off while he was fishing. He puts his clothes on, jumps in the water, swim to Jesus to go see what's going on. And Jesus tells him, hey, put the net on the other side. And the net is full. And they, they drag it back to Jesus on the shore and have breakfast with him. And Jesus was telling them, listen, I can be the fruit of the fish will be bountiful. But since Jesus told them, not going to fish for fish or fish for men. Not fruitful and bountiful and maybe according to the ways of the world, but it is according to the ways of God. 
so that's what Jesus wants us to know. That, that to be rooted in him, to be abide in him, leads to fruit that will last all eternity. So, so what is it that, that means? What is it to abide? Well, Jesus gives us a little bit of hint here. He directs us here, verse, verse 7. To abide in Jesus is to be rooted in his words. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. To abide in Jesus is to be rooted into his words. Now, the Jesus' words that make their home uh, abide means to dwell, to, 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 to live in there. It's used to dwell in a house. Live in a house. So Jesus' words live in you. Jesus, Jesus' words are our guide for life. It's how we, we deal, it's how we learn from Jesus how to love our enemy. It's how we learn how to, to, to treat our, our families, our co-workers, our community. It's how we learn how to act when we're wrong. It's how we set priorities of what really is important and what isn't important. It is where we learn the knowledge of truth and eternity. It's where we learn what is true justice and how to pursue his justice and how to live in grace and mercy and pursue
Hindi mo sila ano ba kayo nagintay? When 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 the when the session meets with new members, what do we ask them both? We ask them both the first question. Okay, tell us when did you know that God was your God? When did Jesus really become the Lord? And then tell us what are you doing with Him today? What's He teaching you today? How do you abide? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a nice story to hear those marvelous testimonies, but I think Jesus is a whole lot more interested in the present. The Bible. Dr. Keener goes on to say, the present tense of the verb in verse 15, 5 and 6, abide. Present tense. It's not tell me how you did abide, how you have abided. Tell me, how are you abiding? Abide in me today. Suggest that John refers not simply to the moment of entering God's presence in Christ, but continued dependence on Him, as one might continue to dwell in a shelter or tabernacle, or as the branch continues to depend on the vine. To continue to dwell is to Persevering in keeping Jesus' commandments, especially to love one another, which is This is all about a dependent, transformative relationship into the character of Christ Jesus. We abide in Jesus so that we become more like Him. But to take to the more ag- uh, agricultural Metaphors. You ever had a vitalium onion? You know, vitalium onion, you can eat it like that. It's almost sweet. You know why? You might call it vitalium? Because it's grown in Vitalia, Georgia. And the, the sweet red clay that the onion is grown in makes it sweet. Now, the, the same thing in tea is tea. It's a tea. Leaves, whatever it is, but what wine has different flavors it is because of the, the, the root, the ground, the soil, the same thing with grapes. The soil they're grown in and their experiences of the weather around them all make them taste different. So if we're rooted and abiding in Jesus, then we become more like Him. And, and his words become formative for our life. His spirit indwells in us. We become different people individually and together because we're dwelling in him. Now, this is one of those times it's always good to say, you know, the reason we abide in Jesus is because we're always abiding in something. We are not totally ever independent beings just growing on our own. We're always rooted in some soil. We may not mean to be, but it's going to happen. We're, we, we are rooted in our family of origin. Yeah, Chuck Mingo a couple weeks ago, he shared that as well. Remember what he was saying? Was his, his family, how they handled conflict was being passive-aggressive. And that was how it bore fruit in his own life. And the same too for all of us. Uh, Venus Cazero, the former pastor up in New York, says, Jesus may be in your heart, but Grandpa is in your bones. 
We are formed always. We're rooted in something. You can't help it. We're rooted by the music we listen to, the shows that we watch, the people around us, our family of origin, our peer pressure. Peer pressure is real. No, we never grow out of that. And so Jesus said, no, so, so intentionally, be sure you're rooted in me. Now, in any of the messages of this world, they're not. They're there. Well, there are some messages that are absolutely hellish from the mouth of the devil itself. There's a whole lot more. It's just sort of mediocre. They tell us the things that we like to hear that we don't think much of. Oh, who really cares? And, um, who cares what the messages are of national uh, chains that serve processed hamburgers? Who cares what those messages are? No, but yeah, from the BK Lounge, have it your way. Keep it on have it your way. But to have it your way, you know, we all know that. We all know, that's for people. Have it your way, have it your way. We can all sing it, it's well implanted in us. And uh, then, but then today they added to it. They added to it, and that's what you rule. So what they cheer at the end. And that's fun, okay? So you go to the menu, so that means you can have good pickles without, without mayo, whatever you want, you'll have your way. No. That, that message it is actually insidious. It's the same message that the serpent told Adam to be. You don't really have to obey what he said. Do we? Are you really going to die? Do you really believe Jesus that we will do nothing unless we abide in Him? You don't really believe that. No. We can make the rules ourselves. I rule. You rule. The world is our oyster. We can do what we want. No problem. Matter of fact, I think Whoppers are, as far as processed national chain hamburgers, that's probably my favorite, just no name. My way. You see how those messages, if we hear them more and more and more and more, it just starts to sink in and we don't even realize it. It's unintentional. That's why Jesus is so well in need his message is the, the God of love. His message of your word and of his power in you and in me to, to live according to the ways of love. That, that message is what brings life. Not the message that we hear in our world. So not only then do we want Jesus' words to abide in us, but also Jesus tells us here that Jesus' words abide in us, and our words abide in Jesus. You abide in me, then ask whatever you want and you'll get it. First part, really important. Jesus' words abide in us. And that's what he said. Abide in me, or you'll do nothing with you. 
if you uh, if you buy me, my words buy you, ask for the See, getting at their one, abiding is a two way street. We abide in Jesus, Jesus abides in us, and we are walking with Him, we're talking with Him, we're now asking Him. And as we are formed by the character of Jesus, that not only changes what we do, it even changes what we desire. That we will then start to desire what Jesus desires, what God desires. Abiding in Him changes. Jesus is saying in other places, wherever you pray for in my name. And it's very, very similar. But in, in that way, what we're, and of course, we go back to, we talked about the end of this last week, go back to Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane before the cross. And he prayed, but God, this is what I want, but not my will. But we pray as we're abiding in Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name, we pray in accord, in accord, in agreement with all that Jesus' name stands for. We pray seeking God's glory, as so verse 8 passage. We pray, our prayer is consciously uttered under the Lordship of Christ. Every word. And there are seasons in the brokenness of our world where God will lead us into what we don't want just like Jesus. We talked about last seasons of pain. That are very central to God's will. But as we're abiding in Jesus, we learn to grow even when we recognize. Our will, our desire, not the things of the Father. You know, the same thing was said about Jesus. You know, that he, he also always abided in the Father. He was always abiding in the Father. He, he said on a number of occasions in, in John uh, that he could do nothing outside of the authority of his Father. So he had the same. God the Son, human form, had the same relationship that he's telling us to have. You can do nothing unless you're abiding in the authority of Jesus. Just like Jesus can do nothing unless you're abiding in the authority of his Father. But abiding, then, simply enough, says we spend time with Jesus. We spend time in his word. We spend time talking to him. We spend time sharing with, with, again, in prayer, we're sharing what's on our heart, what's on our mind. Not what we think God wants to hear. But just who we are, what we're feeling in the moment. That's, that's abiding in Jesus. So our, our goal now, our step, our action step for, for this is to see how are you abiding? How are you spending time with Jesus? How does this apply to you and to us? One, you're here. And then this is part of abiding in Jesus. 
or hearing his word, be meditating on it, singing songs that speak not of the fact that I rule or can have it my way, but singing songs that the God is the glorious, beautiful creator of the universe. Singing songs that remind us of all the things we can be thankful for, the ways that we can be grateful to God. Ways we come together to encourage and support one another. That's why we're here. That's why we're, we're a part of Bible studies. That's why we're a part of things like growth group and Sunday school. That's why we spend time reading the scriptures regularly. That's why we go to prayer meetings. That's why we have them. Because we're seeking to engage with God, to abide with Jesus together, and share with Him what we want, what we long for. What, what is it for you? What, what I encourage you to do is think that what's one change you can make this week that involves five minutes? Uh, it's a place to start. One change for you that you can abide that involves five minutes. Maybe, you know, uh, don't have a copy of Now that I get, we get that last week, we've got some more out here now. Just devotions, or eight devotions on abiding. Just take that. Take that, set your phone, set a timer for five minutes, and just read that, think about it for five minutes, and it's over. Stop. Feel free to stop. You don't have to. Maybe you can go more than five. Maybe you end up going more than five. Maybe not. It's just five minutes. But just do that. Do that for every day through the month of November. And maybe that's place. Some of you have great habits already. And you want to continue to, to do those. Maybe invite others into those habits with you. What's, what's a step that you can take to have a five-minute conversation with someone about your own quiet time, your own Bible study, your own your, your time in the body of the world? And one change is five minutes a day. Because all, and for us as church, Everything we do, we want to be in alignment with helping one another to abide in Jesus. Otherwise, doing nothing. All our energy for planting seeds that haven't been appropriately stratified in this But this little five minute thing to do will mean that we are participating. Now, what David and his brother are going to do this year, they're planning to be a whole year. David does this, it won't look like that for another 40 years. We've all read a read, you know, David, he doesn't think he's going to be here. As miraculous it was, miraculous I am. But he's still planting. The orchards. Our life is to see, to 
Maybe not with these eyes. With the Lord's eyes. Hand in hand with the Savior. We see his face to face. We see the key to the will cease to be granted. Out of the power of Almighty oh God, we do give you thanks that we get to be a part of what you are doing right now. Things are way beyond what we can imagine or consider. Just our little contribution. Individually and as a church, we give you grace. We offer to you ourselves, but we want to allow you to believe you. We want to do the work we need to do to be in your word, be in conversation. So that our, our desires even are changed, we're transformed from the inside out. We need to do your work in us. Almighty oh God, we also take this time and we give you thanks that because of Jesus, we can bring forth the desires of our heart as we, we lift up one another to you, particularly when we lift up Joyce Hensel. She has surgery this week. We lift up Sharif Kunez and Mike, and she's home. We pray for continued. Care and healing upon her. We lift up upon McSwain and McSwain Canada, just as Jason and Natalie and grandkids pray for Ron's healing and health in the hospital this weekend. Lord, we, we give you thanks for next service where, where Rhonda will be baptized and will celebrate uh, that the, the seed that you've planted in her that is coming to fruition. And it will affirm in her a journey of her continuing to abide and grow in you. We lift up our world to you. We know there are places where brothers and sisters are going through tremendous pain, struggle, and challenge. We ask you to strengthen them. They are abiding in you through storms, war, famine, persecution. That you will be growing in them an orchard that is strong, that brings you honor and glory. There's all these things.